Welcome to Backstage at the Enharmonic. I'm your host, Sean J. Kennedy. Today's guest is actor and singer Kapathia Jenkins. Kapathia's television credits include 30 Rock, The Practice, Law and Order, The Sopranos, and many more. She's also performed on Broadway in the show The Civil War and Disney's hit musical Newsies. And when not on TV or Broadway, she's touring the world, performing with some of the world's best orchestras. In 2015, I had the privilege of performing with Capathia in Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Jacksonville in a show called Classic Soul, where the music of Motown was featured with a symphony orchestra. Capathia is a powerful musician and a wonderful person. I hope you enjoy our discussion on Backstage at the Enharmonic. Hi, Capathia, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Excellent. Thanks for taking some time to uh, be on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm thrilled you called. Thank you. Awesome. So all of my guests, I start with the same question. And the question is, what is your earliest memory of music having an impact on your life? Oh, boy. Um, Well, two things. I grew up in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And we were in church every Sunday morning. And I went to a Baptist church that had, you know, an amazing choir. And so music, that was always there for me. Um, You know, and like sitting in the pews and the mother of the church starts a, you know, a hymn or a devotional song and then everybody's singing and clapping and all that. So that was sort of like one of my earliest memories. But I also grew up with uh, lots of siblings and my older brother, you know, he was into like Earth, Wind and Fire and Ramsey Lewis and like all of this good music. And so that is really what I grew up on in the home. Um, lots of like Motown and Aretha Franklin and Gladys Knight and like all of that kind of good R&B soul music Um that was, you know, and even like today, I hear that music and it just takes me back to being a little girl, you know, growing up in Brooklyn and and um, and just, I mean, it was a really uh, happy household and, you know, there's seven of us, seven siblings. Um, and so, you know, we're all really close. And so, you know, I listen to that music and it takes me back to that. So, yeah, so it was sort of like the church and then all of that other stuff, too. <laughs> you ever play piano or anything? No, you know, I didn't. I Early on in, in, in grade school, you know, we all had a recorder that we played. Mm-hmm. And then, so I may have done that for maybe like a year. And then um, I dabbled with the clarinet for about a year. Um, and, and just never really had a real passion for it. Even though I have to say the clarinet is one of the most beautiful instruments. And I love... I just love the woodwinds, you know what I mean? I love a good mm-hmm. oboe solo and like, you know, like I love all that stuff. But yeah, so I never really did that. And then I did start to take piano lessons um, and just never, you know, I just didn't. And it's it's one of the things like today, if I was one of those people who like had regrets, I'm really not one of those people. But if I did, 
not learning to play piano is would be one. <laughs> of course, yeah, right. I just you know, I just love to sing and, and that was you know, like no one had to tell me, you know, practice your singing, practice your breathing, practice. like no one had to do that. I just wanted to do it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was my passion. <laughs> okay. Then continuing with that. So it started in the church. Early on, did you have formal instruction in church, or were you just in the church choir, school choir, or did you seek out lessons, or were you just kind of a natural and you did it all the time? You know, I I was a natural, I think born a natural, right? And then mm-hmm. around third grade, uh, my music teacher, who is still a friend of mine today and still comes to my shows, and like she's like my biggest fan and I see her and I get teary all the time because I'm like she's one of the reasons why I do what I do but in the third grade she said to my mom I think this girl has some real talent you should nurture it you know and my mom did and so early on I was studying classically how to sing so all of my my vocal training is classical training which went through the high school of music and art. So, you know, singing all of the Italian and German arias and and all that, right? And then Mm -hmm. when it was time to leave high school and choose a college, you know, a lot of my instructors thought I should pursue Juilliard, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. a passion of mine, like the, the whole classical thing, because even though I was studying classically, I was also still really loving gospel music and um, and pop and soul and R&B and all that stuff. And so I knew I didn't want a career in, in opera, right? So I chose Temple University for a jazz program. And, uh, and so, and that's really, Temple University is really where um, I, my ears started to open up a bit and, you know, I got into, you know, cause I'd studied classically and, you know, it's like, um, you know, studying theory and everything. There's like rules, right? So there's like the four chord going to the one chord. That's a plagal cadence. And, you know, and that's, you know, and that was the way I sort of heard things. But when I went to Temple and my ears opened up and to this jazz world, it was like anything was possible. You know what I mean? You could flat the nine and then you could do, you know, it was like all of this interesting stuff. And so I would listen to horn players and listen to jazz music. And I had instructors who were still gigging on the weekends. So it just sort of like broadened all of what, you know, like all my classical, all my gospel, pop, all of that. It just opened everything up. And so that's where um, I feel like I started to really bud as my own artist and and how I was going to sing and and all of that. And had a great uh, vocal teacher who taught me how to work through my passaggio and really opened up my range and, and all that. So yeah, so that that's kind of like a, a a truncated version mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. like my training and um you know and really how music really started to turn me on in a way that was um challenging um and and 
you know, like listening to a horn player riff through a section is like, oh, how did he hear that? And what is that <laughs> note? And I would have never done that. And you know what I mean? So, yeah, just like all that stuff, I was really kind of fired up about music in a whole new way. Yeah. That's great. Everything you said, it, it reminded me of Ella Fitzgerald because she would equate a lot mm-hmm. of her things to horn players. Mm-hmm. So was she a, an idol of yours? Oh, my God. Uh, completely. Her mm-hmm. and, and Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is I I have just, uh, last year we premiered this program with the New York Pops um, and Steve Reinecke called Sophisticated Ladies, where we're celebrating Ella and Sarah and oh, Dinah wow. and Billy and yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. And so we're going to get to do that program a lot um, in the upcoming seasons. I'm really excited about it. But yeah. And and I, get, I know you you talked about um, Nelson Riddle. You know, I literally am singing in this program. I'm singing Ella tunes that are literally Nelson's charts. With, oh, wow. you know, like I got the chart and it's like, it's his name. And then it's like intro, intro. And then Ella, the, the, her name is written. I'm like, oh my God, how <laughs> do I even deign to try to sing right. this music, you know? <laughs> but wow. she, yeah, a real idol of mine. Um, yeah, because I just think she really used her voice like an instrument. She was like one of the guys in the band, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like really... Right. Her ear was just this monster ear. Um, I just, yeah, absolutely an idol of mine. Absolutely, yeah. Let's go back to third grade. I think that's when you said your teacher had recommended, uh, you know, cultivating your voice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's third grader. You know, when you were a third grader, did you ever imagine you'd be on the stages and, you know, the different performance venues that you are in now? And oh, my God. Was that a distant hope or was that, did you think that was a reality as a young person? You know, I'll tell you, I, I, you, okay, it's, it's, it's kind of a roundabout answer, but I, I'm going to get there. So mm-hmm. about seven, almost seven years ago, my, we lost my mom. She passed away. And so I cleaned out her house and my mom was sort of one of those people. She wasn't quite a hoarder, but she like kept everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally kept right. everything. And so I found from the third grade, we had this assignment where we had to like write a book about ourselves, right? And we had all the arts and crafts. And so it was like literally a book with like construction, like cardboard with construction (laughs) paper on the top and like my photo, my like class photo from the third grade on the front and, you know, Capathia's story, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But in that, in that story, I sat there and I read it and I said, when I grow up, I want to be a singer. I want to sing on a world stage. I want to just wow. sing and yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. So I really, I knew that I wanted to sing. I knew I wanted to sing in front of lots of people, but I didn't know that it would be like, you know, on Broadway or on stages with amazing orchestras, you know, in venues mm-hmm. that are amazing around the world. Like, I didn't know it was that. And, you know, being eight years old, maybe I was dreaming of being like Beyonce. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't right. know. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I 
totally, it was, it was in me. It was completely in me. Yeah. I read that and I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh God. Yeah. 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 So I, somehow I guess I knew. Wow. What a premonition. Was there a moment when you were performing at some point early in your career because uh, I know as musicians, a lot of us, uh, it's a struggle to get there. You know, what's, what's mm. going to happen when I'm out of college? What's going to happen? And am I going to get a gig? Was there a gig or a, a series of gigs where you were on stage and you're like, yes, I've made it. Like for yourself. You're like, I've, I've made the right choice. This is it. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I, yes, 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 yes. I think, um, you know, I mean, one of my one of the biggest sort of accomplishments and dreams coming true is probably my Broadway debut. Because up until then I had done lots of, um, lots of, of jobs. I was working, you know, I was singing and working and traveling and all that touring. Um, and then I got my first Broadway show, which was the civil war, um, composed by Frank Wildhorn. And by the time we got to Broadway, I had a solo in the show. Mm, And I remember, yeah, I remember standing on stage. It was this beautiful song called Candle in the Window, really um, small, melody-driven kind of moment where it's just me on stage and a spotlight, and I'm looking out, standing straight in the center, looking straight out and up, and I was like, oh my God, I am on Brooke. This is amazing. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. is right. this is a dream come true. This is amazing. It was and it was at the St. James Theater. I'll never forget it. And that theater, the seats sort of go all the way up and back. And I was just like, oh my God. You know, I'm on Broadway and I'm standing on the stage by myself singing a song. What is happening? You know what I mean? So yeah, that's probably one of the most sort of vivid, um, you know, like the stars aligning, you know what I mean? That this little mm-hmm. black girl from Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> who like in the third grade, you know, her teacher said, you know, you know, she has some talent, you should nurture it. And now fast forward, I'm standing on stage. And, and by the way, in a cast of pound for pound, the best singers ever. You know what I mean? So really kind of holding my own amongst this um uber talented cast and I was just yeah, it was that's that's probably the quintessential. <laughs> yes, beautiful. I've made it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. So talking about all these different uh performance opportunities you've had, do you have a favorite uh, like you perform with orchestras, you're on Broadway, television, you know, all of these different settings. Uh, do you have one? If you had to choose, that, maybe that's a better way to answer it. Like if I said, hey, you can do a gig tomorrow, what might you choose? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's hard, Sean. I, you know, mm-hmm. Because I love it all for different reasons, you know, mm, but I right. will say, I will say that it's something about the live um, experience that is like nothing else, right? So mm-hmm. whether it's Broadway or on stage with an orchestra or whatever, you know, it's like the downbeat happens and here we go. You know what I mean? There is no mm-hmm. like 
cut, let's try it again. Or, you know, like the risk of that, the excitement of that is really like nothing else. So if I had to choose something, it would be, I got to do something live. You know what I mean? Like it can't be recorded or filmed or whatever. It's got to be live and it's got to have the risk of, you know, count it off. Here we go. See you at the end. Good luck. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) It's got to have that, you know? Yeah. That is so, like, I don't know. It's just so exciting. And I feel like if you you don't do that, you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, you got to, like, it's, yeah, we're we're like a breed that's, (laughs) like, it's a really sort of scary thing to do, you know? But Mm -hmm. but I love it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That that's great. Your answer made me think of something that I thought of a couple of years ago. The first time I got to perform on stage at the Kimmel Center, um, mm. I was sitting there and getting ready, and there's the rehearsal and all that. And I remember the instant when they shut the doors, and I felt like I was in a rocket ship going to the moon. I'm like, all right, this is it. There's no escape now. <laughs> so it's exactly what you I just know. said. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> that's great, and that's a beautiful venue. I've I've been there quite a bit with mm-hmm. the Philly Pops, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Close the door. Like, hold on. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> great. Yeah, that's that's excellent. Live is always better. That's my philosophy too. I love yeah. you know anything live. That excitement mm-hmm. you can't um you can't manufacture that excitement anywhere else. No, you really can't, and you can't sort of try to recreate it on a record or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just something about the synergy of being in the room because the audience is a big part of it as well. You know what I mean? It's just, it's I don't know, it's just, ah, it's just, it's like an intangible sort of rush, you know? It, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing, amazing, yeah. I was reading a, uh, I'm reading a biography and Sinatra was mentioned in it, and it makes me think about your answer. He was known for one or two takes, and I always thought it was like machismo that it was, but mm. the person who was writing the article said he insisted on doing that so it had a live energy because once you got mm. to the third or fourth take, it was a rehearsal, and he, that's why that's he only right. wanted to do one or two takes. Yeah, so that's great. So smart, so smart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sinatra for me is one of the great – phrasers like he can phrase like nobody else and so oh, yeah. yeah i i absolutely subscribe to what he's talking about because after you do it one or two times now you're in your head too cuz we're artists mm-hmm. right so we're in our heads and we're thinking about oh i did this but i'm trying to hold this note like this but you know but when you just you know if somebody said let's go we're doing it in one take go you would be you just Soar, you know what I mean? You would just mm-hmm. soar and go for it. But when you have to do it over and over and over, there's sort of like a, I don't know, like a, almost like a stale kind of homogenized kind of mm-hmm. just like, it's not crackling with with risk and, you know, soul and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Right. Love Sinatra, by the way. Love him. Oh, yeah. I got to see him uh, before he passed, uh, so that was a a moment I'll never forget. I was in the audience, and I got to see his third to last concert, so it's a treasured oh memory God, for me. Oh, my God, I bet that was thrilling, yeah. No, yeah, I never got to see, to see him. him. Come in. I'm like, there the blue eyes are. I see them. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. 
Now, before yeah. I, I have I have a few more questions, but before I do that, I just want to let you know uh, the excitement you caused in my house uh, a few months ago. Um, my what, one of my daughters is really into theater. She's in high school mm-hmm. and she's a theater kid, you know. And uh, all the other kids really like theater and music as well. And we were watching The Wiz live. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is great. My daughter's like, Dad, we have to watch it. It's a live musical. Live. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll watch it. We watch it, and then all of a sudden, there you are. I'm like, ah, I, I love her. And the kids are like, wasn't she with the pops? The whole house went crazy, and they started oh social media and their friends. Oh yeah, they're like, you know, my dad played drums with her, and it was great. So um, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun experience. Oh, my God. It was I can great. imagine. So fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talking That's about awesome. live and risk and, you know, all that <laughs> right. stuff. Oh, my God. Yikes. <laughs> uh-huh. It was great. <laughs> all right. So back to a question. Let's see. Uh, now, this question I really like because I've interviewed 11 people so far. And mm-hmm. every single answer is so different for this question. Uh, so okay. here it is. Do you listen to music for pleasure? Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. But. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. I was just saying this to somebody like just like maybe like three or four weeks ago. That, you know, a lot of times I'm listening to music because I'm learning music for something, right? Or having to, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of pull something apart or whatever. And just like maybe like, I don't know, maybe three and a half weeks ago, I was on the subway and I put on my headphones and I just put on something just for the pleasure of it. And I like Mm -hmm. my whole body relaxed. I just exhaled and closed my eyes and I had a smile on my face and I just it was just pure joy because I I can get so caught up in what I'm doing and learning and and all that stuff um that I I don't do it as much as I would like to I have to sort of have a a, a time in my schedule where where I'm just free and I'm not like planning the next um program or learning something. Uh, so yes, I do listen to music for pleasure, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I have to consciously tell myself to do it. Yes. <laughs> right. right. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. I understand, you know, because I have the same issues. If I'm doing um, Broadway type music, you know, I probably yeah. won't have it on in my car. You know, on the ride home, who knows? I could have Miles Davis on or Metallica just to kind of cleanse Mm. the palate, as it were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, So do you do it outside of music? Do you have any activities or um, hobbies that you like to engage in? Um, Well, I love puzzles. Love puzzles. You mean actually like... Cardboard puzzles, like well, here's the thing. I was just gonna say, no, no, I was just gonna say, you know, now today there's an app for everything, so I have puzzle apps. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I'm often in airports and stuff like that. So right, so I love that. I love Sudoku. You know, I I love to read. I love to read. Um, but I will say, the thing that's sort of feeding my soul, other than than music. And, and my passion for that 
is, you know, I'm doing a lot of work with Covenant House, which is a um, uh, shelter for homeless youth. And mm-hmm. so I do a lot of work with Covenant House, and I'm on the, their uh, board uh, for Covenant House International. I'm on the board. And so, you know, we just had this, um, we do this sleep out where we sleep out on the street to raise money and raise awareness for for the shelter. And so, you know, we have a Broadway version of the sleep out that we just did a couple of nights ago and that's the fourth year that we've done that and I'm one of the uh, committee members to organize that so that is probably the thing you know and listen I've always heard older people say when I was growing up you know you got to give back you got to reach back you got to blah 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 and so mm-hmm. I thought that I was doing that you know when somebody gives me a call and they say will you come sing a song for a benefit or whatever right but this is like a different thing. I I I think I probably get more out of it than I can ever give. Um, mm. But I just love it very much in the way that I love being on stage. You know, so I I feel lucky that I've sort of found this thing where I can give back, and it's the most natural thing for me to sort of um, help young people. I love being around young people. They sort of you know, keep me on my toes and, and, and all that. I just, I love, I love it. So, yeah. So that's probably the thing that's, uh, you know, taken up my time, like, uh, my passion for music and performing and all that. Yeah. You're such a gifted musician, a great communicator, and you're very easy to talk to. Um, I don't know if you're involved with teaching now or you ever have hopes down the road of maybe teaching at some level. Um, but is that something that um, interests you, teaching uh, young singers? Well, thank you, Sean. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I get this question a lot, um, and I I I haven't really been thinking about teaching or anything. But one of the things that I love to do is I love to do master classes where. You know, I get to show up and and young people can sort of get up and sing for me or do what they want to do for me. And then we sort of break it down and talk about it and all that. I love that. Um, But sort of like, I don't know, in a formal setting of teaching, I haven't really thought about that. I don't necessarily see myself that way. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know if I can teach uh if i have the tools to sort of teach what i do because that that's the question i get most often when i meet young people and they've seen a show or something they'll say to me do you teach or can my daughter you know study with you um you know i want her to do this or do that and 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 i don't know that i know how to teach it you know what i mean mm. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. weird but you know but i don't know like what my life looks like in five or 10 years, maybe I, maybe that will change. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I absolutely want to impart as much knowledge as I have to somebody who's trying to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. I think I have a lot to offer. It would just be a matter of how do I, how do I articulate it and how do I get them to understand you know technically that you know it should feel like this you should raise your soft palate and you should focus the air like this and if you want a big note you should do this and if you know what i mean like i don't know mm-hmm. 
Okay. So, yeah, so I don't know. I guess that's a roundabout answer, but yeah, 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 because there's lots of people wanting to know stuff about it. And I, I what's interesting mm-hmm. is my my niece is now 11, uh, and and her name is Nyla Capathia. Oh, my God. So when my brother <laughs> and his wife called me and said, we're going to name her Capathia, I went, oh, my God. I was so excited. But anyway, she's 11 now, and she has these aspirations to dance and sing and all that. So a few weeks ago, she came over for a voice lesson, and I was able to sort of, you know, help her. And she was so great at, like, sort of taking my direction um, that I thought, maybe I can do this. You know what I mean? And she was so excited about it. But one of the things she said to me was, you know, it's a lot harder and more involved than I thought. And I said, okay, well, that's good. And that's true. And how do you feel about that? And she said, but you know, I still want to try. I still want to do it. I think it's hard, but I want to do it. And so I went, oh, this is good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So so I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if I were to talk to you in the next five years, I may have like 20 students or something. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I, I think the potential is there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great because, you know, I recollecting back on some of my best teachers that I had, whether it was composition or percussion or drum set, um, I think most of the valuable lessons or many of the ones that I remember weren't technical issues. Like, put your thumb here, sit here. I think it was mm. a lot of just talking in the business and inspiring, you know, the young person to keep going. Like, come on, you can do it. Um, so if, you know, wow. if you can do I any of that, that, I think it'll, yeah. So anything, if you ever get into teaching, let me know and, uh, mm-hmm. I will send students your way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have anything exciting on the horizon that you could, uh, tell our listeners about? Oh boy. Um, I am, I'm really busy traveling, uh, doing symphony work. So um, I would say check out CapaciaJenkins.com, click on events, and see if I'm coming to a town near you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, 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 because, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm busy doing. Mm-hmm. Great, and I'll have that link um, right under this podcast so folks can have easy access to that to follow you and uh, see your whereabouts on world stages. Awesome, awesome. A personal note, you know, it was an honor to meet you last year and perform with you in uh, Philly, Atlanta, and Jacksonville doing the um, Classic Soul Series. I know. Um, we were sort of on a little tour, weren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was it was fun. Yeah, it was great. That's a good oh, yeah, show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was beautiful. So it was an honor to play with you and, uh, you know, add you to my list of friends uh, because you're a wonderful, wonderful musician and a beautiful person. And uh, I hope to perform with you again sometime. Thank you, Sean. Yes, ditto on all of that. Uh, I'd love to share the stage with you again. I'm sh- I'm sure our paths will cross again. It'll be good. Definitely. All right, so thanks so much for taking time again to be on the podcast, and I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Today's soundtrack was provided by Capathia Jenkins and Louis Rosen's album, The Ache of Possibility. Please follow the link to Capathia's website to purchase a copy of this for yourself. Below this podcast, I've also included a link to Covenant House in case you would like to find out how you can get involved. Thanks for listening.